Hey, everybody, and welcome into a new episode of the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson, joined by Dave Matter here to talk another week in Mizzou basketball as we kind of focus in on the Tigers as they enter the home stretch of this regular season, head in toward the um, heading toward the SEC tournament and hopefully the NCAA tournament for the Tigers after that. They're in good shape, Dave. They're projected around that number eight seed. They're about 45 in the net as we record this on a uh, Friday around lunchtime, so that could change by the time you're listening. But uh, good numbers for the Tigers. Hey, and good numbers for us. I want to thank the folks who are listening to the podcast. We got some podcast numbers this week, and we we know that sometimes we fall behind on getting a new one of these out weekly. But to the folks who are listening on iTunes, on Spotify, on Spotify, Apple Music, however you're finding the podcast, thank you. Um, the numbers reflect that, and it makes us look good with our bosses. So thank you for the listeners. If you don't mind passing it on to a friend or recommending it to someone, we truly, we truly appreciate that. So I wanted to give the listeners a uh, shout out, Dave, and we'll do our part to keep them coming more regularly. So good numbers on the podcast, more importantly for the podcast, good numbers for Mizzou basketball. They're in good shape right now. Yeah, they are. They're, they're five and four in the SEC. They're right at the midpoint of the SEC season, 18 game conference schedule. So uh, the good news for Missouri is it's a it's a pretty manageable second half of the SEC slate. They've got tough game Saturday at Mississippi State, and then they've got back to back games at Tennessee and Auburn. Other than that, you know, they're projected to win all their other games, some on the road, some at home against kind of some of the bottom feeders in the SEC um, you know, that doesn't mean somebody can't sneak up and beat them. It also doesn't mean Missouri can't pull an upset, you know, in one of these road games. They played pretty well on the road, albeit against a bad old Miss team last week. So I think Saturday's game is a it's a challenge. It's I, I don't think it's a great matchup for Dennis Gates team. Mississippi State, they're the worst shooting team, worst free throw shooting team in the SEC. One of the worst in all of major college basketball, but they play really good defense. They don't play many possessions. Very good offensive rebounding team, physical. They, uh, Tolu Smith is their big man. He's their only guy scoring in double figures, but he gets to the free throw line a lot. He leads the SEC in free throw attempts. Uh, so, you know, Missouri, they, they can't get really foul happy and just let Mississippi State win the game at the free throw line. Kind of, This team's kind of similar to uh, Texas A&M, maybe not as skilled, but Chris Jans is a really good defensive coach, and they don't have much offense down there, but they like to win a rock fight. And uh, Missouri's either going to have to play in a rock fight and, and try to win that style or dictate the tempo and play its preferred style. So uh, either way, not a, it's not a great matchup for Mississippi State either. I mean, they, don't, they can't win in a track meet. Um, so we'll, we'll see which style uh, wins out in this game. Yeah, you mentioned those projected wins. I think the other two are against Tennessee, which actually just lost to, to Florida, which was interesting, yeah. um, and Auburn. And you kind of go, okay, that makes sense. You you would probably imagine Missouri not pick to win those games, but the, the Mississippi State game kind of makes you go, huh. But yeah. I, I don't want to say it's a tough place to play, Dave. It's a weird place to play. Yeah, It can be empty. It can be apathetic at times going on the road to Mississippi State, especially for a team that is thriving and playing in a – you know, a revived Mizzou arena. Um, I don't think they've won there. You were talking earlier before we started recording since what, 2013. So yeah, it's yeah. a little strange um, and they're good at the things Missouri is not and vice versa. So whoever kind of gets to play their style probably wins. Watch foul trouble in that game because sometimes you don't get as friendly of a whistle 
on the road. And when Missouri is really thriving, it's turning those turnovers, those steals into offense on the other end. And we've seen that in the past home games, Dave. Quickly, what did you think about the LSU game? I thought it's exactly how you want to come out and play against a team that's really struggling. I mean, the the, the other Tigers have been in this group of first-year SEC coaching hires that are the opposite of Dennis Gates, where right. they're struggling. Um, pretty much it's Todd Golden at Florida and Dennis Gates at Mizzou, and they look like the home run hires of the class. I don't include Mike White in that because he was at Florida. He went to Georgia. Yeah. We knew what Mike White was about. He's doing a good job at Georgia, but not as probably not as as great just off the bat as Gates and Golden. And then you got the other guys, the LSUs um, in South Carolina, Mississippi State, and they're really struggling, which is kind of where I think a lot of people thought Missouri would be. Um, what do you make of, of how they just kind of pounced on LSU and, and ran away with that game and didn't really give them much daylight to begin with? I mean, the shooting was just outstanding. I mean, another game where they're shooting practically 50% from three and there's, you know, it, it, at halftime, I, I had to file a story pretty early. It looked like they were going to break the single game record for threes. Uh, and then they, they cooled off a little bit. They didn't really try to shoot threes in the second half. They just took it inside and anything they wanted on offense, they got, I mean, they could have scored a hundred in that game. Uh, I think they ended up with 87. They did lapse a little bit on defense. I, some of that's just natural. It's going to happen. And, and LSU to their credit, they weren't giving up. They were, they were trying to do everything they can. They hit some shots late, but man, Kobe Brown was, I don't, I don't think we've seen him better offensively than he was in that game. 26 points, but 10 of 11 shooting. I mean, God forbid the guy misses a shot. Come on, man. Uh, five of six from three, had a bunch of assists, had some key rebounds down the stretch. I mean, he is, and I put this in my newsletter that, that fans can subscribe to for free at stltoday.com. I mean, he's making a really strong case for SEC Player of the Year. Uh, I would say it's down to, and it's not down to anybody because they were only halfway through the season, but it's him and Oscar Shibway from Kentucky. You make a case for Brandon Miller at uh, at Alabama, the freshman guard. Maybe Zakai Ziegler, the little point guard from Tennessee. Outside of that group, though, I mean, th- th- there's your contenders right now. And I think you make even a stronger case that Kobe Brown, if there was an offensive MVP of the SEC, it would be, it would be Kobe. He is the best shooter in the league when you take into account free throws, twos, and threes. There's nobody better. I mean, the guy's shooting 50% from three against sec competition and this is a guy who last year shot 20 percent. so it's uh it'll come down eventually i would think but man he's been really impressive i want to know what kobe's offseason looked like in terms of shooting because everything else he's doing we kind of saw coming dave it's not surprising we if you, you watched him improve every year that he's been at mizzou he developed he just quietly got better and last year you know, they tried to kind of thrust him into the spotlight, and I don't think he was quite ready. There were games where he looked ready. I mean, he scores 30 points against Alabama, yeah. and, and they win. And then there are games where he didn't look like he could handle it. This year, he clearly can handle it. He's clearly fitting in well with Dennis Gates' system. The thing that jumps out to me is the confidence. Yeah, um, he, It's not there one night, gone the next. It's there every night. And then he's shooting. I mean, we, we saw everything he's doing. We saw him do a little bit better of the course of his career, but this three point shooting came out of nowhere. He was yeah. not a good three point shooter. He didn't take a lot. He didn't make very many, you know, Conzo would try to tell us in the past, this guy's versatile. This guy can bring the ball up the court. This guy can shoot. And we would just kind of be like, it seems like a stretch. Right. And here he is. And he, and he's doing it, albeit for a different coach. 
it's it's remarkable and and I think it's a combination of things. I think he's confident. I think the the system suits his style of play better. I think the the players around him are helping him. Um the the tempo clearly is helping him, but something I think fundamentally also changed within how he shoots the three because his yeah. shot is pretty. Suddenly it's 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 gorgeous to watch and they're going in. Right. And he's not getting bogged down with a bunch of post-ups in the paint. Now, if they match him against a smaller guard, he'll he'll take him inside. But he's living on the perimeter for the most part and getting freed up because you got to pay attention to Demoy Hodge. You got to pay attention to Isaiah Mosley. But I think just more than anything, he's he hasn't stopped shooting. There, there was one game, I think it was the loss at Arkansas, where he didn't attempt a three. And that Dennis Gates said that was the biggest thing this offseason was they told him, like, just don't stop shooting. Just keep shooting. They, they've got the green light on this team, and we've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Demoy Hodge, I mean, as soon as the ball touches his hands, it doesn't matter where he is on the court, he's letting it go. And they've told Kobe, you can do that too. And, uh, you know, he gets he gets all the credit here. I mean, he, he's really improved uh, his skills, and, you know, I think being in better shape has helped him out. He's not getting a lot of those early fouls that he has in the past. And he made some two huge defensive plays in that game the other night too. Um, you know, one with two fouls in the first half, he took a charge and, uh, and he's just been so impressive. And, you know, it's, it's, you wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. It's been said, but man, what a great story for college basketball. Like you can stick around, you can stick around, stay in the same place and get better and experience more wins and, um, you know, kind of be that centerpiece, be that, that face of the program. And he's making a little money too. Like he just, he just, uh, released his own clothing brand a couple of weeks ago. You couldn't do that in the past. You can now. And I bet he's actually selling some. And he also has another year left. Now, I don't know if he'll want to yeah. use it, but he's got a, another year. So if you, um, if, if you're Kobe Brown and you're not a lock to be a first round NBA pick, I do think he's improving his NBA draft stock as this season progresses. But if you're kind of a, a fringe guy, Maybe you look at what you might make through NIL and factor that into your discussion. That wasn't something guys had to think about. We saw Kofi Coburn at Illinois make a decision to come back in large part because he was making a good chunk of change, and it really made a difference for that team. So that's a discussion for later on, Dave. Is this a discussion for later on? Because we're already having it. Um, I wrote about it. You wrote about it in your newsletter. We've talked about it plenty on you know, in our, in our talks just between each other. So usually that's what I kind of do if we're talking, but I think maybe it's time to write about it. And I didn't want to cause panic. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, trying to go from Mizzou is good again at basketball to, oh my God, Mizzou's going to get its coach poached. But I do think, and we're already seeing some of this, that it's going to be likely that Gates' name is mentioned in the coaching carousel stuff this off season, whether it's as a projected candidate or whether it gets to more, kind of a fire being there with the smoke we'll see but they're going to be there are already big jobs open texas right now unless they the they make rodney terry the, the head coach mike bray has retired at notre dame no one knows what the future of leonard hamilton is gates mentor at florida state and there will be others um and it's a great thing that mizzou is maybe being mentioned as a, as a team right. that is exceeding expectations and gates looks like a home run higher um what do you make of where gates could fall in this carousel i'm not I, we don't know if he's look I, I can't imagine he's looking to leave i can't imagine that he doesn't have anything but a great relationship with the athletic department he went on and on after the iowa state game about how much he respects desiree reed francois who trusted in him who hired him and he's he's tight with mizzou but we all know what uh what makes the world go around in college athletics these days and it's competitive salary and it's leverage and uh, my advice would be for Mizzou to kind of be proactive about this. I don't think you run and throw a bunch of money at him, 
but I do think you're in constant communication with him about what he needs next to keep this thing moving at ahead of schedule. And you want him to feel like, like there's a big long-term plan here and that he doesn't need to look around now or later. Right. I think it's worth discussing because if you're an AD anywhere in the country right now, at one of the high major schools and you're, you have a, a change, either you're making a change or you lose your coach to some other job, NBA job or whatever it might be. Why would you not take a look at Dennis Gates? He's, he's 43 years old. He runs a really exciting offense. And look what he's done at Missouri. He's got, he's got one year. 17, less than one year. And five, less than one year. They're 17 and five. They've, you know, rejuvenated this fan base. They're selling out home games. Everything is positive with what he's done. I, I think he has a really strong reputation. He's got a good staff. So it would make sense. Now, the one thing holding him back, you mentioned this, I've mentioned this, you're going to have to pay him $14 million or you're going to have to pay Missouri $14 million uh, because he's got a buyout. Good, good job, Desiree Reed francois to get that buyout uh, pretty, pretty steep there. Yeah, that's $14 million on top of whatever else you'd have to pay him to get exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Right. So that's going to, you know, that, that is going to, um, you know, I don't know if scare off is the right term, but um, that's, you know, that that's in the way, obviously. And we also don't know just like, is and you you kind of touched on this. Is he a flirter? Is he somebody that's gonna, you know, listen to every offer that comes his way? Some coaches do that. It's just who they are. You know, Mike Anderson, remember he listened to Oregon in Georgia. <laughs> Georgia, and then eventually Arkansas, right. which made more sense. Um, you know, other coaches, you know, Gary Pinkle, he hated he hated moving. He hated moving. He he mostly didn't even take the calls from his agent when someone would call him. There was a time he, he did talk to Washington. That's he spent a decade there, Michigan. He had an interview set up and he canceled it before it happened. Um, but you know, 15 years, he, he wasn't, you didn't hear his name brought up a lot because that's um, just, wasn't, he just wasn't interested in it. We just, we just don't know how Dennis will handle these type of things. If he'll be aggressive or if his agent will be aggressive, but it is worth discussing because there are going to be some good jobs probably open out there. Um, you know, What's going to happen at Georgetown? That, that's a program that's won national championships. They should be better in the Big East than they are. Um, you know, what's going to happen to Louisville? They're terrible under Kenny Payne. It's, I know it's only his first year, but that is a program that's won a national championship in the last 15 years. Um, they've got NCAA issues going on, but it's it's a it's a still a big time program. Um, you know, there's others out there and we, there's going to be openings that we can't even project right now because somebody's going to leave for another job. So I think it's, it's worth just having on the radar. Absolutely. And here's, here's the good news for Dennis and, and his bank account. He actually might have some leverage. Whereas Eli Drinkwitz really didn't have any, and he still got a 50% raise. So if you can, if you can make that happen for Eli, um, if, when it comes down to it, if there is some serious offer or serious interest from someone, I think the university can absolutely do uh, do what it can to to keep their basketball coach too. Yeah, it has no choice um, in that if that becomes the the leverage point. Um, right. Missouri has made decisions with money lately that shows that it has no problem coming up with it. Whether yeah. it's giving Eli an unleveraged extension with a losing record, or you know, paying more than five hundred thousand dollars to review an athletics department that could have put that money to to better use had it just gone to the athletics department, that can't be the hangup here. And if if I'm if I'm Dennis Gates' agent, here's what I would here's the what my my conversation would be: Hey, you're getting calls. Let's talk about how we want to play this. Yeah. I would say, okay, here's the deal. What do you want to, okay, you say you want to be a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, there's a statue of one out front of Missouri Arena. Okay, you say you want to win a national championship. You're you're in a spot where you can do that if you 
take the team to its potential. Um, you're in a conference that puts more than a handful of teams in the NCAA tournament every single year. And okay, let's talk money. You just saw, you know, Nate Oates get a raise to reset himself in the top four, the SEC basketball coaches. You've got Cal making eight and a half a year. You've got Rick Barnes making five and a half. You've got Bruce Pearl making just under that. Nate Oates is making 4.5. Musselman, who you've beaten once this season, is making 4.1. Buzz Williams is making 4.1. Okay, you're at 275, and you may be in the consideration for SEC Coach of the Year. If you're happy there, let's talk about getting the number up sooner rather than later and also figuring out what else you want for your program, whether it's an upgrade in facilities or whether you're going to really push for for expanded NIL growth, whatever you think you need to build your team. And and that's what I I, I tried to write this in a way like I'm not pressing a panic button for Mizzou because it it would be really hypocritical of me to say, because I was kind of like, man, I don't know, Gates, we'll see. But I I understand why they hired him, but I wasn't thinking this guy would be the answer. And I've been totally impressed. So you got to give Mizzou credit. They made a great hire to sit there and then immediately go, oh, they're going to lose him. No, they, I don't think they, I don't think that they should think like that. I don't think fans should think like that. I do think you have to think like this. You made a great hire. Everybody knows at Mizzou, they don't have to come out and say it. This is his, this has exceeded expectations right. in year one. So don't ignore that. Go ahead and exceed expectations on your end. Keep stay ahead of the the coaches ahead of schedule. Stay in front of it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the key of having the relationship. And that's how these things work. Is if the coach and an athletic director are are in lockstep, there's no surprises. You know, the conversations yeah. they evolve and 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 that no one feels surprised if you get an offer if you get interest you give the place you want to be a chance to counter now what we'll find out whether it's this season or or next if gates keeps winning is if he wants to be here long term or not i mean we can't know that today but i've been always been an advocate for the gary pinkle model turn the job you have into the one you want and right. one thing mizzou fans appreciate are guys who want to be there they 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 got tired from Mike Anderson constantly flirting with jobs that people knew were not any better. So right. if you're going to go flirt and go flirt for a job that's better and use it for leverage if you don't want to go, but be careful what you pick and choose because I think that does wear on the fan base. But those numbers that are coming out, um, Gates and Golden, you know, who's really doing well at Florida, I think he goes right up there in this conversation because they played a much tougher non-conference schedule. Right. He just knocked off number two, Tennessee. They've beaten Missouri. Those two are starting to separate themselves from this, this class of a bunch of new SEC hires. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way that that just spending enough time around Desiree and listening to her talk and how she approaches things over the last year plus, it when when, when it comes down to maybe having a conversation with Dennis and his agent about whatever they want to do, she's not going to look at it like it's some kind of burden. This is an opportunity for her. She's going to look forward to it. She wants to make this job better, more attractive, give him what he what he wants and what he needs. Um, no AD hires a coach with just the expectation, well, it's a six-year contract. We're never going to adjust this thing. No, they're hoping to have success and to have those conversations because that means you're doing something right. And, you know, let's let's not hide the fact that all those fans, all those students coming into the arena, like that's that's revenue. You can you can hear the cash machine, you know, you can hear it uh, jingle with all that money coming in. We know that Missouri had a surplus in revenue this year. They they adjust those books a little bit to make that maybe look a little better than it does. Um, but you know they, they've got the opportunity here to sweeten his deal. 
there's there's no no doubt about that they don't have to go overboard you know they don't have to overpay or anything like that they'll they'll uh they'll look at the market i mean all the fuss made about eli's raise and i think we talked about this last time um yeah he got a 50 percent raise it didn't seem like it was necessary necessary just based on leverage or anything like that he's still way at the bottom of the sec now in the salary scale because that's just the way it works in this conference with football and it's starting to work this way with basketball too because schools are going out and making really good hires they're bringing in high profile guys and maybe dennis one wasn't one a year ago but he is now for for what he's doing i mean he's a legit national coach of the year uh candidate at this point if they keep you know on this trajectory yeah and i that's kind of when i look at the the appeal of the mizzou job um and, and i'll wrap it up with this and we'll get going i do think it's improving in its appeal for for coaches and it's certainly the fans are doing their part and that's the only thing i want to end on gates appreciates that he's made a point to thank the fans and i think yeah. he likes what he's going on here sometimes the grass isn't greener texas long list of flameouts long list of flameouts. You've got, um, you know, the, the threat or the pressure of replacing a mentor if you do go to Florida State. And, you know, Georgetown's a mess. Uh, I don't even know that that uh, it's got the appeal. So all hypotheticals, but I, I think Mizzou's in a good spot. And I think that they'll be proactive here if there's a real threat that emerges. Um, but uh, it's going to continue to come up. People are asking about it. So we wanted to talk about it and write about it. A little bit. No panic, just preparation. I think that's the path Mizzou takes there. And we'll wrap this up, this Eye on the Tigers podcast. Thanks again for all those who are listening to stltoday.com. And however you get your podcast, please check out other podcasts too on the site. We've got blues, we've got soccer coming, we've got baseball. Derek's Derek Gould's um, best podcast in baseball is uh, one that Cardinals fans have to listen to. So keep it locked at stltoday.com for all of your coverage. For Dave, I'm Ben. We will talk to you next time.